D-Mac joins us now. We're excited to uh, up, welcome him in. What's up, D-Mac? I could do uh, two straight hours on Bud Black from last night. Mm, did you hear us talking about that? Yeah, absolutely. I saw the tweet right away last night. Um, that's baseball is a legitimate baseball excuse for certain things. Nine runs in one inning is pathetic. Period. The end. There's so many ways to stop that bleeding. And you want to get on somebody. What preparation did you do with your scouts, your assistant coaches? What were you doing in the bullpen? What were your bullpen sessions like? I mean, it is inexcusable what happened. Beyond, you know, that's what that's that's a bad team. That's that's what a bad team does right there. And that's who we are, guys. That's who we are. The record shows it, and we proved it tonight. How about an answer like that? I agree. Could not agree more. Like, when when does it become so acceptable to just lose? I asked Patrick Sertan today what the define what uh, what what he could take from Broncos history. You know what he said? Winning. Mm. And he's damn right. Good for PS2 to have that sort of answer. We saw Grant Randy Gratishar, who came in in 1974. When the Broncos in the 60s, you want to talk about a bad team, holy cow, did they define that. And they still didn't lose to the Chiefs as many times as this Broncos team did. But when they turned things around in the early 70s to culminate 1977 with their first Super Bowl, and Randy Gratishar was a key piece. If you don't know your Broncos history, if you don't know the Orange Crush, take a deep dive into that. They didn't win at all, but boy, oh boy, did they turn things around because it was about winning, winning. I'll even cite... Tim Tebow, who said he had, like, a coach in third grade who says it doesn't matter if you win or lose as long as you have fun. And he said, what is that when he was in third grade? And Tebow was right. I hate to dawn everybody with a harsh reality that you're out there to win as a professional, but you're out there to win as a professional and you gave up nine runs and that is somehow acceptable? I It was, it was ridiculous. I mean, the fact that he was chalking up a walk on a 3-2 count as that's just baseball, like it's a bad break? That's baseball. You threw a ball. You threw four balls before you threw three strikes. That's not a bad break. That's bad pitching. You know what that baseball is? Is you're a batter, and on a 2-0 pitch with runners on second third, you drill a ball. You have an exit velocity of like 110 miles an hour, and it just so happens a dude is standing right there. That's baseball. That's the way that goes. Not a nine-run inning. I can give you a million examples of that's baseball, but not that. Yeah. All right. I, I love it. I love it, and I'm sure you'll talk more about it, but there was a lot of news of the Broncos. Randy Gratishar, named a finalist for the Hall of Fame. Basically a technicality. He'll get in come January or February. We're keeping our fingers crossed. This was a massive step. And by the way, what a stupid process that is. I know. It's still not done. Whatever. It's going to get done. James is a little more nervous about it than Are I you am, really? But I wake up nervous about everything. Well, today, boy, oh boy, after what Randy Gratishar did today and who he's saying and how much it meant to him, I, 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 that would be a stab in the heart to compare to none other. It's, it's a dumb process they have. He should it, just be in. Exactly. And it's all these kind of hurdles, and I just don't want it to be the YouTube video where they, they jump the last hurdle and all they have to do is run through the tape. And they trip and fall and face plant into the track. Sorry, and uh, disrupt. Well, it, just real quick, I want to. And Nate Jackson joins us too. I just want to get the thoughts on the Rams winning the practice today because that's been the consensus. Thank you. And, Thank you. And the Jerry Judy drop sees because wow. I saw your reporting on that saying. 
that Sean Payton answer was about Jerry Judy dropping the football. I didn't play the game Nate did, so Nate should go first on this one, but I'll, I'll get there. Yeah, you guys talking about the drops, or you talking about losing the day? I, I think both are the big two takeaways from Well, the I don't think it's a big eh if you lose the day. Uh, is that what you guys are saying, no big deal that you lost the day, or I that just, you didn't lose the day? No, I think it's a big deal. I don't believe the reports that they lost today. Oh, let's just so start the that? scoreboard. Where's the scoreboard? How, what, was, how, what was the number? Yeah, I got it's you. a feeling. It is a feeling, James. When you, when you have one of those mm-hmm. practices, of course, you're not keeping score, but you kind of have a feel for who brought it more, where the energy was, where the big plays were. For example, there was one play that was actually celebrated by uh, by the team, and that was the Rams scoring a touchdown in that kind of red zone move the ball period at the end there. The Broncos didn't have any moments like that. I get it, but it, I think if you have back-to-back days where it feels like the Rams won, <laughs> back that's, to back. that's right. more telling because right. for all we know, today could have been the day that, hey, the Rams got to dictate what how things went because they were trying to work on things, and tomorrow it's the opposite. If it's back-to-back where the Rams win both of them, then I think that's clear. If you want to say the Rams won the day today, I, that it was not crystal clear. I'm hearing these reports. I'm like, was I at the same Thing is, everybody else, they can you, Okay, can, can, uh, other than Alberto having some really nice plays there. Yeah. Wh- can you remember any nice plays by any Broncos players? The Broncos offense struggled. So if you want to say the Rams defense was better than the Broncos offense, I would say sure. But I was watching the other side of the field, the, too. And the Rams offense looked pretty decent. They looked okay. It was. It, listen, let me tell you, the energy level out there sucked. Okay? Josie Jewell started mixing it up early, and there was a couple of other things. But Randy Gregory is making peace, and just everything was like... I don't know, man. And things were fast, though. Like, the pace of everything was really, I thought, Nate, moving out there. So it didn't lead to a lot of, you know, um, uh, big, huge, tense, on-the-edge moments. There wasn't a lot of juice with the wine and cheese crowd in attendance? Oh, you you should you should write about that. How many people? You should write I, about that. I, I mean... It's the it's the players what, aren't looking for the crowd to uh, juice them up on a game on a day like this. I, I I mean it's better than the wine and cheese crowd. So here's what's going to be the best practice of camp, and you don't open it up to the public. You don't open it up to the diehards. You don't open it up to the people who were clamoring for tickets and and snatched them up within 48 hours. You're opening them up to people who pay you a lot of money to be sponsors and their friends and family. Yeah, guess who who's out there tomorrow. Same thing. Empower field people. Empower retirement and people. And you know what? You could have done the wine and cheese crowd for the first two practices. The wine and cheese crowd would have enjoyed that just as much. They could have schmoozed the VP who flew in. Guys, they had, pr- they had practices close to the public that nobody was out at this year. Nobody. That's typically where you have sponsors out there. Yeah, but I last just, year, guys, they were open to the public when they uh, when they or practiced against the Cowboys, and they had their best practice of the year against the Cowboys. I know. It created a lot of false expectations around that day, and so it, they laid an egg during the season. Why does that matter? I just don't like treating the fans that way. I, I don't like I treating you. the diehard fans, know, the bread and I butter agree. fans that way. Because you I know agree. what? What percentage of the wine and cheese crowd out there is going to tune in for 17 games this year? Totally agree. The people who... They, they were all wearing Broncos gear, man. They looked excited to be I there think, to me, James. Because their credit card worked at the team store. Oh. I'll bet most of them still had tags they had on the creases it. on their shirt, yeah. I, I thought it was a mixed bag. I don't think it was as crazy as, you know, oh, my God, the, the Rams. Well, no, the something to you're the first one to say that because every other reporter said clear Rams win. Something, you're the, you're the first something one. to mention about these two joint practices, the way it goes. I've been involved in these joint practices probably over half the time that I was in, in the league six years, probably four of the years we did that. 
Day one, one team usually gets the better of the other team. Then you go watch film, and the coaches, you know, let you know that you screwed up okay. and that tomorrow is an opportunity to set it straight, and then the next day it flips, and then the game ends up being a wash. So that's what I would be looking at tomorrow to see if these guys can energetically uh, come with more and, and, and actually correct some of these mistakes. I love what Nate just said there because you, guess who else said that? Sean Payton. Yeah. Because he was, you know, I asked him, you know, what, what was going on. He's like, I don't know. I got to watch the film. So anybody who's just going to go out there and tell you instantly, they know like exactly what happened after today. Oh, okay. But I, see, I, I got gotcha. you. See your your best players dropping passes. Yeah. Well, that you was know, bad. That was bad. And, and, but and that, I agree that creates a perception that you're not ready to go and that your okay. best players aren't playing well. Well, it was a lousy day for Jerry Judy and a good day for Alberto. Well, the number of mental mistakes from this team, which I would put false starts, jumping off sides on defense, and dropping passes as just – Mental mistakes. It's just not being ready to go. At this point, when you've got another team here and it should kind of re-energize you, it's not like day 19 of going up against the same guys. That's concerning. Let me be more clear, okay, because you're right about all of that. So you could say it wasn't a good practice for the Broncos, but I would say equally it wasn't a great practice for the Rams. It's not like they were making a lot of things happen out there or was anything spectacular from them. And if we want to just cut hairs and say somebody won or somebody lost – I mean, this is kind of an in coin flip territory. It's not like it was with the Niners a few years ago, nor was it anything close to what the Cowboys gave us last year. But what about this two-minute drill? It sounds a lot like what we saw in the first drive in San Francisco on Saturday night, that the Niners moved the ball, should have scored a touchdown, stalled out at the two, and then the Rams in this two-minute drill just marched right down the field on the ones and scored a touchdown. Yeah, man, I was I, I didn't really see all of that <laughs> to be honest with you because there's two fields you're trying to you're trying to see it all. The guys are talking, Dmax like, what's going on, man? Oh, I like to have fun. So, um, so I, I, so I saw them. I saw that there was the a two minute drill that they marched I down saw and them scored a the touchdown. Ball, yeah, and and I think that was what when they rejoiced after that touchdown in the end zone. Very under practice, but yeah, but they but the Broncos all, also did a move the ball period to get themselves in field goal range and uh, you know practice sneaking the ball and then spiking it and they and that seemed to work. So it was a lot of situational stuff that they were doing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know that Sean Payton pr- pronounces it sidge. Yeah, well, did you hear Gratishaw today? I was standing there for the whole thing. I had to move and get into the shade a little now, bit. Now, I will what give him uh, – we, we poked fun at him a little bit because he oh. kept calling Randy Gratishaw, Randy Gratishaw. <laughs> but I will say, it was not Vic Fangio not knowing whose ab sweater he was wearing. He knew who Randy Gratishaw was. He just was botching the name. Uh, he botches some pronunciations. Yeah, he, pr- he pronounces things weird, man. He does. He's got yeah. a little bit of a whatever-you-want accent. You yeah, know. where is that from? Is that? It's almost like a – is that like a Boston accent? If it's you're calling Gratishaw, Gratishaw, it's it's an interesting. Like he really does say situations. Like I I don't know where it says offensive. Yeah, like you want some clam chowder? Yeah, well, right. Yeah, you know, like I would say Randy Gratishaw back home. You know, <laughs> Randy Gratishaw. <laughs> so the, the you know. Be like, he's wicked awesome, that Randy Gratishaw. I but, mean, he is unbelievable. But man. he went like on a. But what he did to Steve Grogan was a shame. He went on like a three minute story about the, you know, the, the Slurpee Cups and having the Alan Page and the Randy Gratishaw. Like, I don't think that was all just, hey, some PR guy told him to do it. No, like, no, he, of he knew what not. he was talking about. He's 59 years old. He's a football fan. Yeah, yeah. Randy Gratishaw, Shar, you know, <laughs> how you want to say it, is my first memory of the Denver Broncos when I was in third grade in Steamboat Springs. It's when I became a sports fan. He was one of my guys. Haven Moses and Tom Jackson and Lyle Alzado and those are the Orange Crush. 
All I wanted for Christmas that Christmas was an Orange Crush T-shirt. I remember it to this day. It broke my heart. They lost to the Cowboys. I mean, that's when I became a sports fan. I wanted Sean Payton comes from that generation. I used to press my sleeves so they would flop in the wind like Haven Moses when he ran. I mean, those were the so teams. cool, so good. And it's the so, and you guys probably know this stat, but of the first seventy-four you Super Bowl sleeves, yeah, wow. first seventy-four Super Bowl teams, the nineteen seventy-seven Broncos are the only one without a Hall of Fame. Yeah, I saw that. Man. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Should Craig Morton be in the Hall of Fame? No. Well, should David Moses be in the Hall of Fame? No. Should Tom Jackson be in the Hall of Fame? Borderline. Louis Wright should be though. Louis Wright. Louis Wright. Okay. Well, now Randy Gratisha is uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. I guess, eventually. And they get through that stupid process. See, I spoke a little Canadian there for you. A little Jared Bednar. Just got that in there for you at the tail end. All right, well, we're here to chop it all up one way or the other. And, yes, I did learn this from listening to Cecil. I will never, ever speak to Cecil ever, ever, ever because he's he's paying attention. Not me. I'm, I'm, I'm like a vaudeville comedian. Not a very good one. All right, this is The Drive on the Fan. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents The Drive. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, baby, when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. We're flying up no ceiling when we Oh, what do we got today? Zone. What do we got today? Got that sunshine. In my pocket, we got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in Come my on, man. It drops. D-Mac with my man Nate Jackson. KJ looking. How would you describe your look today, KJ? Uh, I would probably describe it as uh, very sunshiny. Okay, then uh, we got Chicken Fingers back there. He's lost in the in the moments. And Drew looks like a lollipop with butterflies on. Just sunshiny summer. And man, together, today, we are going to roll with you because why not? I'm dancing. You are dancing. Got a little shoulder shake. Oh. Side to side. Yeah, twist. Wipe it over, mate. Touch your toes. Oh, I didn't know you could do the splits. Wow. Wow, that's okay. Hey, I'm not bragging, just describing. It's Switch High School, class dancer, 1987. What? Look it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Is it on Wikipedia? Or? It's on, it's, it's, I'm sure you get one of the, the files in the libraries. It's, uh, microfiche. Microfiche, yeah. yeah. The, the go to the card catalog. and Go uh, to the card catalog. Hey, we're, we're, the, we're going to call the front office at his old high school. They're going to be like, yeah. what are you talking about? Go yeah, for no. it. I dare you to call the Ipswich High School library. And look up that uh, yearbook from 1987. Dare you. Dare you. Tell me again you were best dancer? Or best what? dancer, class musician. <laughs> best dancer. Can I tell you? How do they know that? When are you dancing? Dance, 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 dance. To what kind of music? Oh, no, I don't know, man. At the dances. I don't know, I don't know at, man. at the dances. I just dance at the, at the dances. I don't know, man. I was in a band. I played some of the dances. Yeah. Played played drums, which is the... Lousiest instrument to play. What was your band called in high school? Exit X dash IT, like it. Like that's what we were. Yeah, you laugh, chicken fingers. Look it up. What, what, was your, what was your hit song? What was your best song? Uh, Hold On to My Heart. It's, oh my. it's actually a schlocky Aww. pop one that we did, but we did cover band, cover songs mostly. And, of what uh, bands? Man, we did uh, from stuff. Pat Bennett. I'll give you one thing. Look up, I swear to God, look it up right now. Melissa Ferrick. 
Look up Melissa Farrick. She made her entire career in music. She's a professional musician. She teaches at uh, that, that music school there in Boston, Berkeley. And uh, Melissa was our bass player. She she's she's released like twenty albums, so you can look up Melissa Farrick. She used to be our bass player, but um, you know, I'm on it. The problem was she dated our guitar player Kenny, mm. and then it's a little bit of a no doubt situation there. Kenny started fooling around with Gretchen, who wasn't in the band, ah, and then, you know you got Gretchen fooling around with Kenny, and then what's Melissa with Kenny and. Me and my lead singer, Jamie, which happened to be a, a boy, but we also had a, lead, a, a girl singer in our band, and her name was Jamie, too, and they hooked up. The only, but the only person who wasn't hooking up in my band was, was me, because I was loading and unloading the drums. <laughs> How annoying is that, always doing that? It's Nobody nice. else has equipment, no, really. They no, no, deal it's with just me. the drummer. That's why uh, you're really just... Uh, I found a song that he uh, won a competition. Yeah, oh. shut up, KJ. I gotcha. You're not that funny. Uh, and I'm not that old. 1987. Not, not 1957. All right. That was a good song, though. That was a sunny day out there. Good old Bronco. I thought it was hot, 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 hot. There are the Broncos, and there are the Rams. I like the Rams uniforms. I got out there, and I say, I go, hey, hey, look at those uniforms. They look good. Why? What look? It's just blue. Uh, the blue and the blue helmety and the shiny and they're it's a different color. It's just a different color that made you. Yeah, man. And then I go, Andrew Mays is like, those uniforms stink. Mm. He goes, the pants are dirty and look at the socks. Look at the socks. It's like it's like uh, the wrong color of gray or something. It's he, practice. There is a practice uniform. I just I was excited by the whole thing out there and Mace yeah. was just raining on my parade. Mm. And I'm watching Russ. I'm watching Russ and uh, you know. Uh, you know, you know, with Russ, Nate, tell me, D-Mac, you know, with Russ, it's, uh, it's all right. I thought it was fine with Russ. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. No, no, I didn't even, I thought it was good with Russ. Oh, okay. All right. Russell all right. Wilson, to me, looked good today. Uh, he got zero help from his, from his team. All right, let's maybe, why don't we go there? What was going on with Jerry Judy? Let's just start. I mean, when you can count four drops Four drops in a practice to me is a lot. And he jumped um, offsides or uh, false start one time. And if you have a practice that's that bad, you stay behind after and you catch passes with your guy. Mm. And he didn't do that. What did you see there? Well, it was just Corlin out there catching balls with Russell after everyone went inside. All right, so what's so going on with Jerry So Judy? the thing about Jerry, there, to me, it's twofold. His mechanics, um, route running, his feet, his legs, his hips are incredible. His catch mechanics are awful. His hand placement, his eyes, he doesn't look the ball in. Um, he doesn't focus all the way through. He has weak hands. He doesn't squeeze yeah. the football. And sometimes his hands are caught out of position. I was thinking about that because look at the effort Cortland Sutton has gone to make his body stronger. I was having that same exact thought. Like, has Jerry Judy done the same types of things to make his hands stronger that Cortland Sutton has done? Yeah, to me, he has not. And there's ways you can do that in the offseason. You can work on, you know, hand strength, hand speed, like martial arts stuff or whatever, squeezing the ball. And, and there's techniques to get yourself stronger hands and catching the ball out in front of you and contested catches and things like that. So aside from the catch mechanics, which I think are poor for Jerry Judy, he seems to kind of shrink when they're contested catches, when yeah. there's people around him Agreed. who are going to make it difficult for him. And in college, he was running free a lot of the time, so it was always yeah. just easy catches. And he was such a good route runner, advanced for his age in college, so he was light years ahead of everybody who was trying to cover him. And he had you know, the best players in the country on his side as well. 
Now these guys are in your hip pocket. You can run a really good route, and they're going to recover quickly and be right there to make a play on the ball. So are you going to be able to make that contested catch? Today the answer was no. And um, and then he seemed to shrink with each drop. He did, and that seemed to be a difference today with him compared to the rest of training camp. Because in training camp, what I've seen, first of all, I have seen Jerry Judy basically drop a very catchable ball every single day at training camp. Every single day. And it happened to him in, uh, in, in, in the games, too. Not the last game, because they forgot they had wide receivers in the last game. But, you know, in the first preseason game. So it does make me wonder. But he almost always, 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 always followed up a dross, drop, as he did in the first preseason game, with a good play, a good catch. But today did not seem to be that day. One thing sort of led to another bad thing with Jerry Judy. And Sean Payton talked about, you know, the idea that when a guy gets has a drop, you go, you do you want to go right back to him yes. to get him back into it? And he said, you know, situationally, you wouldn't always do that. If, if the, or, if the if play calls for it, yes, yes, right? yes. You and he's open, and yeah. yes. Right. But I'm not going to call a play just to, just to appease Jerry Judy because he dropped the last ball. I'm going to call the right play for my team. And so he's got he's to come along with it. And the fact that, you know, you weren't up for it today when the Rams come to town, they step onto your field, they use your, your facilities, and they're coming here to take your lunch. Yes. And you don't have the energetic um, pace to match what they're doing. I think that's a concern for me. All right, well, let's get into that because maybe it's fighting, but maybe it's other things too. And I, I, I agree with you. I do think that was missing today, and I'm not exactly sure why. So let's break that down. We'll give you insight to what happened at that joint practice today. Both Nate and I were out there. This is The Drive on the Fan. The Drive on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. My high school football coach used to put this on in the weight room when we did Max Day. That's cool. This, this soundtrack, it was, it was Max Day. I get it. Oh, yeah. How much do you think you could max right now if you bench me? Yeah. I like, think I got, you know, about a $2,500 limit on my credit card. Oh, you mean weights? Yeah. So if you if a tire fell on me, I'd, I'd need some help surviving getting my life together. You know what, what if, I mean? like, the moment needed you and you had to, like, lift a car off a child or something? I had to lift a car off a child? You know, you hear about that. that I feel bad for that child. What if it was, like, a matchbox car? Could you do that? A matchbox car I may be able to manage, but with with uh, significant effort. Now, if you're going to ask me uh, how how I could uh, ride a bike up a hill, yeah. Well, you if, wrote if I if I could save a child's life riding a bike up a hill, count me in. Can you hear those those pedal strokes? Can you? You put playing cards in your spokes. Go too fast. They would be, they'd be eviscerated. So Jonathan Taylor, the Broncos are highly interested, according to Cecil Lammy and Jonathan Taylor. Wow! 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 Okay. Hey, can I take like I just want to take ten seconds and back on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not a good teammate. He just made one of his wide receivers retire. What you talking about? 
Corey Davis just officially retired from the NFL. So. I don't know. Have you, been, have you been watching Hard Knocks? He I, seems like a pretty good teammate. Uh, dude, well, you know, the cameras, uh, they always oh tell you one thing. Oh, oh, my So behind Lord. the scenes, he's like, hey, I, man. I, listen, I think I think he's been pulling Corey Davis in the corner and saying, hey, man, you're a terrible receiver. The thing and, about Corey Davis is he's talented, man. And he's always, like, kind of on the cusp. Yep. He has some really good games. Then he disappears. That's a bummer. Aaron Rodgers, I've watched Hard Knocks, too. I watched a lot of football stuff last night. I watched Hard Knocks. I went through the. I could. I knew I couldn't help myself. What time do you go to sleep? I like one a.m. last night, mm. and I woke up like at six. Bing, let's go. <laughs> and uh, I watched the entire thing of the Gators, the uh, you know the Swamp thing, the Swamp series. Well, because you have a, an attraction to Tim Tebow. I, it was fascinating. Urban Meyer. I don't think he's a good person. I think Urban Meyer is. Uh, I, I think it's weird in the, in the world to just meet people who are like. Just like kind of bad people, but I, I think uh, I'd be very curious what your take is on it. I thought Tebow came across great in this documentary. I thought he came across like a real person, and uh, he was more real. Um, you know, I compared Russ to Tim. I, I think I might want to take that back because I think Tim's way more real than Russ. Mm. And um, but you don't know Russ. You know, that's for, that's for sure. You don't know him. Ain't no doubt about that. And so you're seeing behind the scenes stuff with Tim Tebow years after he's been gone. I see what you're saying. Maybe, so maybe there is some of that with Russell as well. Maybe okay. there's going to be an opportunity to get to know him better. Um, all right. Fair enough. But I don't it, it's fair enough. Does anybody hate Russell Wilson like no. he knows him? Exactly. So can't think of anybody. Can't think of anybody on the team that hates him or has bad things to say about him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on uh, Hard Knocks. Everybody loves him. You know, Randall Cobb is, you know, is like naming his kid after him or something. Or he's a godfather to his son or, I mean, it's something. It's Uncle Aaron. They're, the Cobb's kids call him Uncle Aaron when they see him on TV. It's pretty incredible the affinity they all show him, the respect yep. they all show him. I mean, yep. they're watching, you know, the defense is watching a tape of practice, and they're all just, like, blown away by the throws he's making. Yep. And, like, this guy's on our team. He's our quarterback. It's pretty. It, it, I don't know. That's a good question. It makes like, you. It makes you uh, question your hate. Do of Aaron you a bit. think? Oh, not mine. But it doesn't. No. So you still hate him. You still think he's the. What would you call him? Uh. uh no. no. <laughs> I call him. There's, there's I don't know. Would I, call, I know. I know. Yeah. I, I'm We're not being mean anymore. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's not my guy. Not your guy. How about that? Can I just leave it there? He's not. He's not my guy. I'll. Uh, I know what I call him, but I'm, it's well, unlike the Broncos and Rams, uh, the Buccaneers and Jets, they got in a lot of fights, and that's officially why the Bucks got kicked out of practice. Mm. Well, I'll tell you this, man: um, no edge today at practice for the Broncos and the Rams. No edge, no edge whatsoever. None. When you when you say no edge, what do you mean? I think they were going fast, which was fine, and because they were going so fast, I, th- I think there was. And Sean Payton talked about there was an aerobic element. To the practice today, yeah. uh, Russell Wilson. Boy, uh, what do you want to snaps for Russell Wilson? That's a lot. Thirty to forty. Yeah. I mean, something like that. Way more than a typical practice. And if you want to say, "Oh, why isn't uh, Russ getting more snaps?" Well, today was your day. You know, today Russ had a lot of snaps, a lot, a lot of snaps. But they had, they didn't hit each other. There was no nope. hitting. There nope. was no thudding. There was, there was no, no contact. No, nope. it lacked physicality. When I when I think about the energy and yeah. and the the sort of the pace. 
in, in this joint practices I remember being a part of, they were very physical. Yep. There was a lot of hitting going on, meeting the running back in the yeah, hole. Yep, pop, nope, the none block, of that. You know, none of that. It, none it, of that. But they got the guardian caps on now, so you don't hear the, the hits as much as you, as you used to. I think some of the big fellas, they always get after it, but there was no thudding. There was no taking guys to the ground. There, Josie Jewell got in a little something. There was you know, a couple of face-to-face, but but nothing nothing of significance. Well, Damari Mathis threw Van Jefferson to the ground after he made a little catch. Which okay. Kind uh, of a no-no. You don't do that to a receiver. You well, shouldn't. Uh, you know what? I don't know if it's our want for bloodlust uh, amongst the those up on the uh, top deck looking down, down at the soldiers below us, but it just... Finish him! Kind of. It's kind. It's kind of like. Are uh, you not entertained? <laughs> right. It's like you want to well, see what someone put a sword in a lion out there. Kind of. Yeah. We're waiting for that moment. We're waiting for that moment to show that there's something interesting going on out there, and I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Does it make you think that it doesn't matter to them as much? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. I just think. Uh, I think this is a bad time for a joint practice. Why? Uh, it's too close to the start of the regular season. Mm. And those that really need to impress, they'll they'll get their opportunity in the preseason game. And for those that don't need to impress, they just are looking to stay healthy and start the season. That's you know, it. No, I, I disagree with that. You're not looking to stay healthy in these moments out there. When you go, when you see another team step on your field and they're jumping around and getting warmed up, that should get your juices flowing. It, it should. should. And, and here's the here's the the, the catch twenty two part of this. When you go out there and you try to protect yourself and ease up and not. That's when you actually do get hurt. You got to go full speed when you're out on a football field. What did you field. see out there then today? That, exactly what I was saying. Not not any hitting. Not a lot of physicality there. Drops by the offense with the Broncos. I, I thought that the Rams' offense looked sharper than the Broncos' offense simply because they weren't having all those drops. Um, not a lot of downfield throws by the Rams, but some short and intermediate stuff, and they were really not trying to push the ball downfield a lot. But that's what you'll see these days in the NFL, taking what you have underneath because of the defense protecting the back end and giving you the short stuff and the Rams were able to take that like Stetson Bennett for example you know you have a you have a backup competition between Brett Rippon and Stetson Bennett for the Rams Stetson Bennett looks very comfortable in the pocket moving the linebackers with his eyes and then hitting the open guy right in front of him Russell Wilson doesn't do that as well as Stetson Bennett but it, Russell Wilson does a lot of other stuff a lot better and I thought Russ looked pretty good out there today it was a interesting day for Russ it was a period of a little frustration in the beginning, kind of good in the middle, some just kind of a, just a little bit off a little bit later on. Okay. It was just, it was, it was like a roller coaster as far as I was concerned. It was kind of up, it was kind of down. But, but then again, I didn't think the, the intensity of the entire practice warranted any kind of, um, you know, over enthusiasm or being overly critical. Of the team one way or the other. Dude, Russell needs the help of his buddies. He cannot do it by himself. And he didn't get a lot of help today. He just didn't. So uh, he, you saw him call everybody up and give I him a little pep talk. You know what? Let's get into that. Because I thought that was coach-led. It was not coach-led. It was Russ-led. Russ had a moment. Details on that next. You're listening to The Drive on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The hey, Fan. John, how was practice today? Well, a lot of film to cover, obviously. Um, I thought overall just, again, I'm on half the field. Um, 
we got two real good special team periods done and then quite a bit of teamwork with the seven on seven finished with a two minute drill. Uh, I would say, I don't want to guess how many plays, but a lot of plays run in, in a pretty short period of time. Thought both teams handled it really well. I think coach is right about that. I think the coaches would probably be overall happy with what happened out there. I didn't see anybody getting hurt. Um, there weren't really fights of note. Um, I love Smerlatt saying the wine and cheese crowd. The, the intensity wasn't really there on the hill either. I don't think it would have been a bad thing at all to have Rams fans there. You know, I think that would have been kind of fun and cool. Well, you mentioned that it's pretty close to the start of the regular season, so that yes. makes it a weird. So maybe that factors into the way they structure practice or in, in, in you know directed their players how physical to be, how hard to be hitting one another. Hey, let's not get anybody hurt out there. You know, let's uh, give each other some good work. Let's make it an aerobic workout. Yeah, but let's not take anybody to the ground. Let's not hit anybody when they're not looking. No egregious shots and keep everybody safe. Let me give one more pain about the offense. Not what I'm hoping to see on film today. It's what I'm hoping to see tomorrow. Then the corrections. I, I thought on the offensive field where I was, we had too many false starts. I, I thought we we tired pretty quickly. You know, um, they were going a lot of plays mm-hmm. relative to maybe what they're used to, and, and even more than than a real game would present, but I, I think it's good from a conditioning standpoint. You know, mentally, there's some mental toughness that that's required to play. Poise, all those things required to, not to play, but to play well and to win. Yeah, I think Sean's right about that. What might have caught you all by surprise is you just assume, hey, Mile High City, baby. Right? Altitude, we got the advantage, all that. I think it was the Rams. Picking the pace up, which makes me wonder about a Sean McVay practice. I'm going to guess it's pretty quick based on what we saw today and what Sean McVay wanted to work on. So I, I think by the end of practice, you know what I think happened actually to the Broncos defense, which actually played pretty good? I think they got a little worn down in that last two-minute drill, Nate. Yep, so did the Broncos offense. I mean, yeah. Cor- Corlin Sutton, I, I was I had eyes on him, and he was... He was hurting. He was dragging ass, and he was try- having a hard time get back in the huddle. Jerry Judy as well. Those guys are tired. You know, you would think that the way they were in camp here, obviously only one practice a day, but they're doing conditioning after practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get these guys in shape. But there really is no way to simulate, first, the number of plays they did out there, and then also the intensity that ticks up when it's another team across from you. So um, I think I think it's a good test for these guys. They're going to learn a lot from the film. And uh, like, like Sean Payton said, Tomorrow's a big test to see if they respond to what they did wrong today. Do you think teams take on the personality of their coach? Yeah, absolutely. How so? Well, I mean, he's their leader. He's the one who's setting the precedent every day. He gives you the message, the things to think about. He's the one who tells you what you did wrong in the film, what you got to worry about the next day. And, of course, you know, he sets the the routine and you know, the, the, the periods that you do are a reflection of what he wants to work on. Um, and then the attitude as well, the attitude, yeah. the yeah. sayings, yeah. the yeah. things he says over and over become the mantras. You know, Mike Shanahan, it was the, you got to do the little things the right way. Mm-hmm. It was about the little things. We know what we got to do. Let's go get it done. And so... Yes, I absolutely think they take on the the personality and, and kind of the vision of the head coach. What if the coach co- coaches by intimidation? Yeah, then you you get intimidated. You don't you don't want to make a mistake because you know it's your ass. Are you more hesitant or are you more aggressive? Depends on the person. Okay, depends who you are. Right. What type of personality? Depends how how well yeah, you know yeah, yeah. the system. Because yeah. if you're afraid to make a mistake, then it's hard to play free. Um, and, and, and that's part of learning a new system and the offensive system that could be complex. If you go to the step to the line of scrimmage, you're not really sure what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to play a little more hesitant. Well, here's what I saw on the Rams in, in terms of the personality of their coach. Sean McVay just 
does not stop. That dude is running around the practice field. Mostly, it seems very encouraging about whatever's going on. But he is a ball of fire out there. And that is just not Sean Payton's personality. He's playing. Payton. But he's involved, though, Sean Payton. Yes, that's, I was going to go there. He's very, very attentive to the offense, of course. That's what he's doing. Um, but, but there's a frenetic pace of McVay that is just kind of like your. It's like nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> nine Red Bulls. Give me all the Red Bulls. All right, but all then you, the Red Bulls. But then you got Andy Reid. The best coach in the world right now. And I would guess their and practices kind of calm. I bet their practices are kind of calm overall. So what translates to wins? <sighs> I, that's a great question. I mean, you can win a lot of different ways. You know, there's not just one way to win. Like I mean, Bill Belichick's not running around high-fiving people. And not at all. He's but just he's standing a, off in a distance. He's an intimidator. He's a guy that you're probably on eggshells a little bit, and you don't want to make a mistake in front of. And that's like, I'm watching that uh, uh, Florida, uh, University of Florida thing with Urban Meyer. I mean, that guy is just, uh, you know, uh, he is terrifying. What was he doing? Kicking people? Well, actually, I shouldn't say he's terrifying. He was terrifying to certain players, but other players, he just literally ignored all the wrong things they were doing. Because he cut one kid one time, and he said, because of that, and we just cut him loose, and the kid ended up sadly killing himself a year later, mm. and he just said, we just cannot just cut these guys loose. We don't know what their upbringings are. We've got to, you know, bring them along and support them. And I was like, hey, I kind of like that. But, again, he was also the guy lining up, like, Oklahoma drills to toughen them up and, you know, having them vomit on wrestling mats. And, but that's you know, not that exclusive sort of to Urban Meyer. I mean, there's high school football coaches all around the country doing the exact same thing. That's, po- that's basically how you cut your teeth as a coach. You put your guys through a gauntlet. You okay. toughen them up. You make them hate each okay. other. Okay, okay. You just talked about not be- it not being bloody and physical enough for you out there to get your heart beat up. I mean, that's what we've come to expect with football. Well, it, it, bring- it broaches another topic. Are the guys at this level beyond that type of high school, college, rah-rah, you know, that sort of mat drill sort of coaching? Because their talent level is so far superior, they wouldn't be on that field in the first place. I mean, you can make that argument, but then you could also make the argument that if you treat them that way, then you get what Nathaniel Hackett got right. last year. Right. And, and what all the professionals right. out there watching were like, nah, you got to give, you got to put them through more than this. Right. You got to make them uncomfortable. You got to take them, you got to drag them around. You got to have these guys wake up in the morning like, how am I going to do this today? I wonder if Sean Payne, when he goes back and watches that film, will be disappointed by the uh, fitness level of his team. Yeah. I wonder if that will be something. Absolutely. That could, that is a, so perhaps, all right. Because I didn't think like the Rams killed the Broncos. But if you want to just say they, they worked at a, a faster, more efficient pace. And at the end of the day, it did seem the Broncos got worn down and the Rams weren't. I'll go there with you. I'll agree with you on that. But it wasn't like the Broncos got humiliated. However, did the Rams look like they were ready for the end of the game the last five minutes of the fourth quarter better than the Broncos? Sure. I'll give you that. You also got to remember, these are this is a team returning to Sean McVay's system. Exactly. So this is Sean Payton exactly. trying to implement a new system. Exactly. Trying to figure out who he's got on this bus with him. He doesn't know who these people are. The, his team, he doesn't know these yeah, guys. But the, but he's trying to get to know them. The Rams know the culture of Sean McVay. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. 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 Who, what is the culture of Sean Payton? We don't know yet. So why was Russell Wilson gathering the entire team together? Today? Because the offense is, is not playing well enough. He wants to p- give them a pep talk. What would you think of that moment? Great. That's what a quarterback should do. Okay. And that's what every quarterback I've ever played for I've done. 
From high school to college to professional, that's what quarterbacks do. But what does it say that they needed that moment? That they had a poor practice, which happens. Okay. Ooh, all right. What? I don't know. It's a tough day to have a poor practice. It's not the day you want to have a poor practice. Like I told you. Well, let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's see how they respond to being challenged. Maybe they weren't, you know, emotionally ready for what it was going to look like out there. Mm-hmm. And they and they didn't come to play. This is a teachable moment. It's like everything that happens in the preseason and OTAs and training camp is a teachable moment for your coach, whether it goes wrong or it goes well. And actually, sometimes it's better if it goes wrong because then you can really find out what these guys are made of, see if they can improve what they did wrong. What means more to a team, the good day that Albert O had or the bad day Jerry Judy had? Well, I think it means more for Albert O because we've come to expect that, sadly, from Jerry Judy. This is not a guy who catches everything that comes to him. This is not a guy who it, you know is going to make that difficult third and six catch when he has a contested moment with a DB. But Albert O has drawn the ire of basically every analyst and, and fan for quite a while. We've had high hopes for Albert O. He hasn't performed to those expectations. Today, he did, and he was the, a bright spot out there. I think he's playing for his f- football future this week is really important for him, and for him to shine like that today I think was huge. Now, to be fair to the system, he was wide open a couple times. Like, that's a scheme thing. I mean, he obviously has to run the route, but he was wide open Guess what he for a couple do, big though. touchdowns. Dropped the ball. <laughs> it's, that's right. Remember yeah. Jerry Judy a few free practices ago? He's alone in the end zone? Yeah. Dude fell down. The ball just bounces off his chest? Yeah. Alone in the end zone? And that's the problem when you start doing that. You start thinking about that. Catching a football should be a reflex. You shouldn't have to think about how your hands should be placed or that you're going to catch. It should just be something you do, man. It's like when you flip on the mic, you just start going. You don't think about it. You don't think about what you're going to say. You just keep talking, right? I should think about it a little bit more. And for a a, a receiver who's in his bag when it comes to catching the football, you're not thinking about how to catch the ball or whether you're going to catch the ball. But Jerry Judy is? Yes, he is, clearly. Because he's getting the yips when when it jumps on him. Let's dig into it. And and it's a maybe it was contagious today. I don't know. It's, it's a crazy thing when a guy who's obviously one of your better players has such a bad practice in, in, in such a sort of a public venue. I don't know if you have to watch film to see that. That's for sure. We're here for more from Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, too, coming up next.